This is the ID Fanatic Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Midtown Toronto on Tuesday, June 15th, 2021. The podcast where we talk to real instructional designers for one half hour about their lives, their careers, and how they keep it all together. Since this podcast is rapidly becoming a diary of sorts, I thought I should fill in my two listeners on my new job. I have just started week three and it's going great. I can hardly believe I have it. Especially working remote, I know for some people it's difficult, especially if you have young children, but with a 17 and 20 year old, getting interrupted isn't much of a problem. And since I'm at home, I also get to take a break and go shoot hoops with them in the driveway. Best of both worlds, really. So, with that out of the way, onto this week's guest, AJ Jacob, currently a resident of Amsterdam, which seems to be having a boom in instructional design. I've heard of so many people moving there. AJ, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mitch. It's uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, you're six hours ahead of me, so how are you doing this afternoon? Pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's uh, just gone past half past, well, coming up to half past three in the afternoon. Um, so it's a nice... Well, it's not yet technically summer, I guess, but it's uh, very warm. Um, we felt like uh, it, spring was a long time coming, um, mm. but it does feel like summer already. Um, so yeah, bright, bright sunshine, restrictions easing a little bit. So, um, so even though it's 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 really uh, it's still quite bad in many parts of the world here, it feels like it's a semblance of of normalcy mm-hmm. at, at least for now. So yeah. lots to be grateful for. Yeah, I'm in Ontario, and we just opened up today. Right. Stores and uh, everybody can get their second shot now. Although the, the lines are, you know, the lines are jammed, but yeah, they've opened that up. Um, but the weather's yeah. been like back and forth here. It was summer last week and today it's raining and we had snow in May for the first time, I think, earlier this month. So wow. <laughs> earlier last month, it's been a it's been a wild ride. OK, well, I hope it uh, warms up soon for you as well. <laughs> Unless you prefer the cold. Uh, yeah, no, I prefer the warm, but it was getting really, really hot. It's, uh, it's right. an unusual year. Yeah. So you've been in Amsterdam for about five years now? Yes. Yeah, I moved over to the Netherlands um, from the UK, um, mm-hmm. where, where, where I spent about 10 years in total, because I um, did a master's there as well and then worked for a yeah. few years. And then, yeah, and then five years ago, we moved over here. Mm-hmm. And um, when you say we, who does that include? So my my wife, um, and when we moved, it was just the two of us. And then I think about six or seven months later, our little son arrived. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank That's you. Great. So yeah, he's four and a half now, and it's just kind of flown by. He's, uh, he's born here and now speaks um, fluent Dutch, um, but yeah. we'll always have to rely on other people's um, sort of assessment of his Dutch, because of course, he never speaks it to us. Um, I think he regards it as a little bit of a waste of his time. So as soon he, as he crosses, crosses the threshold from school into yeah. the home, he switches to English. So it's really, yeah, but it's fun. So it's the three of us for now. Yeah. That's cool. So so how's your Dutch? Your, your Dutch isn't good enough to talk to your son? No, I can have very short conversations. Um, we're both, we've both had lessons and, and we're learning and, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to practice as much as we can. Um, but, but neither of us really need it for our work. Mm-hmm. And most people here speak um, very good English. So yeah, oh. um, so, it, so it makes practicing actually a little bit harder than it would have been otherwise. Um, and so now a lot of the new words we, we learn and come across are from our son. Um, so 
Um, so we try and have conversations with mm -hmm. him, but but most of the time he gives up and switches to to English. <laughs> so what's it like living there? I've never been. You've never hey, been. Wow. Oh, I've never, okay. Well, I've I've been. Listen, I've been to Israel and to England and you know to Brit to the to the British Isles and to France briefly and to Italy for for a few weeks. Uh, right. But that's the extent, and then North America, you know. Yeah. That's the extent of my foreign travel. I haven't, uh, you know, I've always thought, oh, I want, if I go, I don't want to do like a city a day kind of thing. I want yeah. to go and maybe stay somewhere for a few months and do some tra out traveling from there. But yeah. I never managed to uh, fit it in before I got married 20 years ago. So yeah. we're now we're looking forward to doing it when our kids are out of the house. <laughs> Although we should have taken them, we did. You know, we didn't want to take them when they were really young. When right. they remember yeah. anything. Yeah. So we'll do something next year, probably. Uh, are you? So you're just working from home now, pretty much, or? Yeah, working from home. I, yeah. This is my. Uh, this is my family room. That's my son. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there he goes. The yeah. dog. The dog is around here somewhere. That's the backyard. Okay. No, I like That's... and the, the TV sets over there. This, this right. Is, yeah, I, I enjoy this being sort of in the middle of things, you know, it's having like a nice, the different yeah, stimulation nice kind of kind of thing. Yeah, and, and the I hoops in the front yard where you where you shoot uh, with the... in the driveway. There's no front yard, just the driveway. Okay, and the backyard yeah. is kind of tiered. It's yeah. a little strange. Oh, nice. This is, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice for yeah. socializing, but it's not good for sports. Right. So yeah. as soon as I yeah. got the house, I immediately put up a basketball net over the driveway. Oh, nice. They didn't really use it that much for the first few years, but now they're out there every day. So, yeah, awesome. What about you? Your house? Do you? What kind? Where do you live? An apartment or? A... We we kind of live. It's it's called like um, I guess it's a townhouse. We were lucky to get a semi-detached one, so we have a little bit of space in the back. You know, when mm -hmm. we lived in Amsterdam, we didn't have that much space. It's one of the reasons why we moved out of Amsterdam once our son was born to just have a little bit of space. Um, and then we also have this sort of nature reserve type place you know just kind of on our doorstep so mm -hmm. that's um, great that's, what does your wife do so she works um, in digital communications she's a communications specialist um and she currently works for a not-for-profit based in amsterdam so she's within the the sort of within the sustainability space um okay and so are you yeah. arcadis is a sustainable construction type yeah, the, yes. Increasingly, a lot of our projects are, you know, very kind of um, sustainability driven. Um, you know, where Arcadis is actually quite a quite an old company, and it was initially um, set up as an engineering sort of construction type business. Mm -hmm. um, but we're now sort of moving more into that design and consultancy sort of space, and typically work on sort of infrastructure projects in both the private and public sector. Mm -hmm. I just started a job at a um, company that rents film equipment out to movie right. studios when they come up here to make pictures. So I haven't, I've, I've made some films myself. So I have some familiarity with the, with the equipment and the, yep. how things work, but uh, it's still, it's still a big learning curve for me learning about everything that they do. Now you weren't in construction or engineering related things before. What was it like joining your company? working there yeah 
You know, that, that's a good question because there is, um, it is very unlike uh, most other companies I've, I've worked at. I, for a large part of my early career, worked within the publishing industry. Mm. And then I sort of moved to Amsterdam to work for Booking.com, which is sort of a tech-based sort of company and not quite a startup because it was, you know, it started out sort of 20 or so years ago, but still very much a sort of young company. And, and then I moved to Arcadis, which is over 100 years old, actually. And so culturally, that was a big shift. Um, a lot of the people are engineers and, you know, their, their approach to things is, is obviously quite, is quite different, you know. It's an um, interesting industry to be involved in right now, though, in terms of... Uh... In terms of the state sustainability and the, the green movement and trying to impact the world in a positive way, do you feel like you're part of all that? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the sort of the, the their main sort of mission is sort of improving quality of life, you know, and I think that's something that, that really appealed to me. People there are really sort of quite committed to that um, and it kind of filters down to, you know, to every part of the business and you mm. feel like you're part of something bigger. It is, it is nice. It is very nice to be part of something like that. I quickly realized that a lot of it was was really just tapping into the expertise that was already in the business. Right? Yeah. So it was about making those connections and um, identifying who the sort of resident experts were. And, you know, and some of them were actually on the field working on, on projects. Um, so it was sometimes a challenge was sort of just getting their time. Yeah. So you get um, to work with the wide swath of your colleagues inside the business. That's why I always like about being an internal training consultant. Yeah. is that you you're not dealing with trainers all the time you're not dealing with clients you know per se you're dealing with internal clients who are you know really your colleagues in the business and you're all sort of on the same side pulling it sometimes it's pulling teeth to get them to <laughs> give you what they need but yeah. still you know they appreciate what you're doing and you you know you respect what they're doing yeah exactly and i think in that sense it's very much a sort of a co-creation sort of collaboration which is which is you know something i've i've really kind of enjoyed. And I think just the way, you know, it was set up, um, you're exactly right. You know, we weren't sort of in a L&D sort of ivory tower here. It was very integrated, embedded within the business. So there was a very clear understanding of what the business objective or the outcome was. Mm -hmm. You know, the flip side of that is there's there's more expectation. You know, there's no faffing around. You know, you're not sort of creating vanity projects. It's very, very yeah. kind of kind of very clear expectation from the business that, mm -hmm. you know, okay, we're going to be investing X to get Y, you know, so there is that as well. But I think that's, that's good. So you didn't start off looking for instructional design as a career. You studied English literature. That's right. So have you always had the writing bug since you were a kid? I think so. Um, a lot of, um, yeah, a, lo a lot of, um, you know, my family have always, they've been sort of, um, writing in some in some way or another oh yeah um yeah my my grandmother um used to write sort of plays um which oh. i only found out um much later um but you know she would just in her free time just be writing out these little kind of mini dramas just in in sort of notebooks and um my my dad also enjoyed writing and he he wrote a bit of poetry when he was younger and, and i think he still does he just maybe doesn't share it I think it was just a natural extension of reading. I was a bit of a bookworm when I was younger. And then I would start to sort of imagine alternate endings to books that I had read and maybe start, you know, writing in that way. But to be honest, after I finished high school, I, I wasn't really sure. So that the degree in journalism, literature and psychology was really my way of keeping options open. I did a couple of years as a journalist, freelance. Right. Yeah. And again, it was like my background before that was creative writing. I was doing short stories and plays. 
And wow. then when it got time to be serious, I thought, okay, well, how can I still write, but yeah. maybe make some money? So yeah. that's where journalism came in. And did you enjoy it? What was that transition like? Well, I enjoyed it. You know, it had similarities to ID because you become an instant expert on whatever you know, it is you're writing about. You interview people, which is like SMEs, and then you translate it for the general public, which is like designing it for learners. So it was a similar sort of interpretation. You're an interpreter of reality for people who, you know, need to learn about something. So I liked that. I liked that sort of thing. Yeah, I think I sort of romanticized the idea of journalism a little bit in my own mind, because I hadn't, you know, worked um, as a journalist before I, um, obviously, before I wanted be one mm -hmm. um and then when i when i did try it i realized i mean that the writing was was one part of it but obviously there's so much more to journalistic writing and i realized i think that you know just writing to a deadline and writing to a brief and yeah stuff like that um i struggled with to be honest maybe if i'd sort of stuck with it i would have thrown into it but i realized that creative writing and journalistic writing were a little bit too far apart for me yeah. Um, yeah. anyway and you still write yes yeah i do um not and as often as i as I would what, like. But what I, sort of stories do you tell when you're in your creative writing? <laughs> so it's it's a mix, really. I think I've tried to sort of explore different sort of genres, right? I've, I haven't um, really had the sort of the discipline or been consumed by a story to sit down and sort of hammer out a novel or anything. Mm -hmm. So what I what I try and do is just sort of do shorter sort of pieces, but across, yeah, you know, all kinds because um, I so I sometimes enjoy writing movie reviews because I love watching films and and writing a review after that is kind of something I really enjoy mm -hmm. um, I love writing about sports and you know sort of um, I also write um, occasionally write sort of poetry um, but more sort of free verse and um, and I also um, yeah I, I I don't know. It's it's difficult to. I don't. I guess I don't have a specific sort of thing, or style, or genre. Uh, I just like the 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 sort of process. You know, the, yeah. of taking an idea and then kind of seeing kind of what form fits it best. You know, um, and I think at some point I I would like to write maybe something longer, um, but yeah, I've got a few ideas, but I I, I don't know. You know, mm -hmm. we'll see. Now, I was trying to think of Indian writers that I know or that I read. Yeah. And I came up with a list, but it, most of them actually don't live in India. My first exposure is Hermann Hesse, who was German and wrote the Siddhartha. Yeah. <laughs> is that seen in India as, as a good reflection or is that uh, cultural appropriation? You know, I'm not sure, but but I, I'd love to hear the others on your list because um, I'm uh -huh. very curious now. Um, well, Rohintan mystery. Oh, yeah. He's a he's, Canadian. It's wonderful writer. Yeah. A Fine Balance is a terrific book. Yeah. That's a that's really yeah. my favorite. And Family never, Matters as well. It's, yeah. yeah, he's he's a really, really great writer. I've never been able to get past the falling out of an airplane sequence in Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie, although I've tried. Yeah. Um, and then Yann Martel is actually Spanish. And he's yeah. a Canadian writer. He wrote Life of Pi, though. Yes. Yeah. And then Brilliant Slumdog book, yeah. Millionaire. Yeah. It's a British adaptation of a uh, novel by Vikas Swarup. Yeah. 
So it's a huge mix of nationalities and influences and things. So who were your influences when you were reading as a, as a boy or were you reading English novels? That's yeah, that's a it's a great list, by the way. I mean, that, those are all really great writers. So when I was younger, I, I was reading a lot of the, the classics. I think I was maybe 15 or 16 when I started really getting into Indian writers. But I think the book that's had the, the biggest influence on me is The God of Small Things by Arundhati Roy. Um, and she still lives in India. So she's one of the few very famous writers who, who still, you know, India is, um, is still their kind of main home, I suppose. And The God of Small Things, I, I, I want to say it, it, in 1997, it won the Booker, if I remember correctly. So I was about 16 then. And that book was inspirational even before I'd read it because here was an Indian writer writing in English and had won the Booker with, you know, with her debut novel. Um, and the book is set in Kerala, which is where I'm from, um, in, a, in a little village, which I've actually passed by quite a lot when I was a young child. And so a lot of the things that she describes in the book were just immediately so vivid and, and relatable and felt very personal, actually. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a wonderful lyrical kind of style, and it's one that I identified with, and I sort of wanted to try and incorporate in some way. So I think I, I read back some of my writing, especially from that time, and even from a few years ago, and there's a lot, you know, there's I can see it myself. The, the influence of that one single book on it is still so clear, I think, in the way I write. Oh, I definitely um, want to read that. I would um, recommend it. It's it's one of those books I think people have very strong feelings about it. You know, you either love it or loathe it, I guess. But she's just, um, yeah, for me, an inspirational writer. And she was this overnight sensation um, and then didn't write another novel for 20 years. Oh, but my God, between, really? Yeah, it, yeah. in between, she she basically just switched to, to activism and she wrote these searing sort of essays which was still so, you know, beautiful to read, you know, just just in her own sort of style. Yeah, she shifted her attention to some of the hot topics, you know, of the day and made it her mission to mm. bring some of these stories to, to, to life um, and, and in ways that they wouldn't have been told otherwise. So, so your son's first language is Dutch. Uh, your first <laughs> language was uh, Malayalam? That's correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But which I'm funny told there's one of the, what is it, six classic languages of India. Yes, it's also a palindrome, um, one of the longer palindromes in the oh, English really? language. Oh, that's yeah. true. So, that? yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's funny. So both my wife and I, um, we, we speak Malayalam and we understand it, but we, we didn't sort of learn it in school the way we did English. And so mm-hmm. in a way, our first language is actually English. I, for example, mm-hmm. don't write Malayalam. I can read very slowly, but it's because I didn't sort of learn the sort of the fundamentals, the basics, you know, the grammar and, and things like that. So even though it is my mother tongue, I'm pretty sure I, I dream sometimes in Malayalam, but mostly in English. With our son, it's really funny because he speaks almost no Malayalam right now. We're toying with the idea of, you know, inflicting this third language on him. Is your family still in Kerala? Our family... Um, is sort of uh, both both my wife's and my family's are kind of spread around the world, yeah. um, and it that is it, it is typical. Kerala has a very large sort of diaspora, so I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people from Kerala also in Canada. Mm. My parents currently live in the UK. My brother lives there as well with his wife. My sister is in Mumbai in India. My wife spent a lot of her life in Hong Kong, uh, where her parents were working. And a few years ago, they moved back to Kerala, so they are there. Um, but the rest of the rest of our family has kind of yeah spread out all over the place. So I was curious because you went to the University of Bangalore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you graduated with the English Lit Journalism Psychology. 
Did you ever yeah. study instructional design before you got your first job? No, I didn't. Um, and so it's one of those happy accidents. And so I, when I moved back to Pune, which is where I grew up, um, I, you know, that was kind of where, where we were living at the time. So I, I finished up in Bangalore, came back to Pune and yeah, I was, you know, looking for, for, for jobs. And I had this friend of mine who was working at this company that basically built e-learning. Yeah. And he said, you know, you should apply. Um, you know, I, I didn't know what ID was. I didn't know, you know, anything really about it. Um, but from speaking to him, I thought it might be worth a shot because it felt like, and sorry, there's a garbage truck. So you'd have to, maybe I should pause oh. for a minute or so. Okay. So there's no background noise uh, there. Right. It, it seemed to stop. E-learning is huge in India though, isn't it? There's it is. A... Yeah. So I think the thing it, it kind of took off in India. So, it's, so from the night, from the nineties, you know, it's sort of, India became this sort of IT hub and there was, you know, a lot of Indians quite comfortable with, with English. And so that combined with the tech savviness, I think it just kind of made for a good breeding ground, I suppose, for, for mm -hmm. ID. So that's, you know, this company that I worked for was one of those companies and, you know, they just kind of did really, really interesting projects for large multinational companies, a lot of them fortune 100 companies based in the U S so. So it was a great first job to have because um, it kind of, you know, there was no expectation that you came in sort of fully qualified as an ID. We were, you know, learning on the job and, you know, just basically just being chucked in in the deep end and, you know, just learning theories, you know, ID theories, everything all from the basics, you know, but at the same time having these projects and opportunities to to practice and apply them. Mm -hmm. so, in, so in many ways, it was a great sort of learning experience. And I found that, you know, it kind of combined a few of my different interests. Um, so there was still the, the writing, you know, there was a bit of content development, you know, it was so creatively, it was sort of stimulating, there was storyboarding, and also some of my psychology sort of coming into the into play there as well. So, so it did feel like, yeah, I could draw on a lot of the things that I was either passionate about or had just graduated in. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was, yeah, that's why it was a very happy, happy accident. I went in with very few expectations. I didn't think I was going to be working there for too long. I thought it was kind of like this, you know, interim thing while I figured out what I wanted to do, uh, but ended up working there for two and a half years and, and really enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah. So the last question of the formal interview part is what do you do to keep sane when you're not working? <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, right? With the lines blurring for everybody these days. I mean, yeah. you know, when well, are you when when do you stop start one and you know stop? And it's kind of yeah, I don't know. I I like running a lot, so that's mm -hmm. kind of one of the things that I uh, it's one of my other things that that I really like doing, and I've always done from the time I was young. Also, something I think I inherited from my dad and other members of my family. So I've always been a bit sporty, and we're quite lucky now to live nearby a lot of open space where I can just sort of run and I find that that helps me so as soon as we went into lockdown sort of March last year um, you know I, I I just tried to make it a more regular thing the running mm -hmm. and so I now try and do it three times a week um, sometimes with with music or a podcast and sometimes without um, but I just find that um, yeah very energizing if you're listening to a podcast what do you listen to 
So I, yeah, it's a, again, very eclectic. A lot of the time it's, I, I just been feeling pretty good about the, the things Spotify is recommending to me recently. So oh. I, I kind of, uh, I kind of sometimes just very lazily click on the things that they recommend. Uh -huh. Sometimes I go out looking for specific podcasts that I've heard about. Um, but a lot of the time, yeah, it's just based on recommendations. And I have mm. to say, I mean, a lot of them are pretty good. I listen to the On Being podcast a lot. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. uh -oh. Krista, um, Krista Trippett, I think her name is, and, and it's been, it's been on air for years and, and it's really great, you know? Um, so I, I would recommend checking that great. out if you're, if you're interested. I, I also sometimes just listen to, um, to learning and development themed podcasts, but, uh -huh. but sometimes I run and I, I deliberately try to pick something that's not maybe directly related to my work. So, yeah. um, and, and a lot of the time it's, it's, it's also just music because I find that, that just helps me just focus on on the running, you know. And so I listen to a lot of Bob Dylan, a lot of other sort of maybe a gospel artists and, and some Indian musicians, you know, the occasional Bollywood playlist will pop up. So yeah, so it's so it's it's a mix. That's the two minute warning. To wrap okay. up, I like to ask a 10 question survey that's sort of a personality quiz. The idea is just to say the first thing that pops into your mind. Ready? I'm not sure I'll ever be ready because I'm more comfortable writing than speaking spontaneously, but sure. Yes. <laughs> so aren't we all? But they're, but they're easy questions. So Right. Okay. What is your favorite word? In a work context or? Any, just anywhere. anywhere. Joy. Very nice. What is your least favorite word? Uh... <laughs> Um, cannot. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Partnership. What turns you off? Politics. Do you have a favorite curse word? <laughs> With a little human in the house, I'm trying very hard to not swear anymore. So, uh -huh. so most of the time I just, I, I, I say, say what now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Running water. And what sound or noise do you hate? Um, so I, I like, um, I'm, I'm a big animal lover, but I think the one thing I really dislike is, is, the, is, the, is the hissing sound of a snake. Mm. That kind of gives me the creeps, yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? A professional sportsman, athlete. Which sport? Track and field. And what profession would you not like to do? Ooh, um, airline pilot, because I'm not a fan of flying. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome home. Welcome back. Did you get that show in your in India? <laughs> Welcome back, no. Cotter. No, no. Welcome no. back, Cotter. It was about a high school teacher that he used to he used to be like a rabble rouser, the class clown at his high school, and then he comes back there as a teacher. It's where uh, John John Travolta got his it was, it was his first TV series. It's what made it. Ah, fun. that was his big break. I, you know, yeah. I have heard of it. Yeah, I um, in my last job. Um, 
my my manager was Canadian actually, and um, so I got a lot of like Canadian references, pop, yeah. pop culture references, and and heard about Tim Hortons and everything, you know, from from him. So that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. You get to heaven and Gabe Kaplan comes up and says, "Welcome back." Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. I think if I if I if I got there, then it wouldn't really matter what what words he said, you know, um, <laughs> as long as he was letting me in. That's true. So that's it. Thanks so much. This was great, Mitch. Thank you. Um, it felt like a, like a really comfortable chat. Yeah. Um, sometimes well, yeah. sometimes this can be a little bit stilted and awkward, but you know, it was yeah. it was great. It was great chatting with you, and really happy to hear about your new job. I'd love to maybe Thank schedule you. another um, chat to you know. The ID Fanatic drops every Tuesday at noon Eastern time. I hope you're inspired to subscribe and write a review. Good, bad, or ugly, let me know what you think. You can contact me, Mitch Moldovsky, on LinkedIn, and I hope that you and yours have a totally awesome week. Bye, bye, bye.